is the relevance of God's grace. You know, uh, Wednesday, when I got the text concerning Ryan, my initial response was, I was so stinking ticked off, I could hardly contain myself. Now, I wasn't mad because at God. I don't get mad at God. Do you know why? He's God. <laughs> I need him on my side. And there's no reason to because he's always right. But we have an, an enemy. That's what I got mad at. And it was, a, it was an eye-opener to me. An eye-opener from the standpoint that I realized as a church, we've settled. And I said, one thing that I will never do is settle. I realized something would settled. You know, when we first got the born again and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we began to hear about healing, and even when we, we started the church, I mean, we were radical. A little bit. I mean, we'd, we prayed over everything. We expected things to happen. But you know, <clears throat> We can settle. Not, we, not that we forget God. Not that we forget He's the source. But we settle. We begin to take things for granted. Well, you know, we live in a fallen world. There's a lot of sickness and disease in this fallen world. And so as a result of that, there's a lot of stuff that comes against us. But we have something greater than that. We have the promises of God's Word. That His grace has been imparted into our life and every one of those graces are available to us for us to walk in the fullness of it. But we have a tendency, like I said, to settle. We need to see that the grace of God provides everything that we need. Not a portion of it. The grace of God provides everything that we need. But you know, that grace can be provided, but it's faith that takes us to that next step where we receive it and we accept it and we allow it to be real in our lives. And so this is a question that I believe each and every one of us, we have to ask ourselves. How relevant is God 
and his word in my life. How relevant is. Now, you talk to any Christian and, 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 and God is relevant when it comes to death, when we die. But is God really relevant to us in this life that we live in right now? Do we recognize that what he says in his word applies to us, not just simply in the sweet by and by, but applies to us right in the here and now. God will and God wants to make himself known to us in every single area of our lives. He wants us to to know him. He wants us to know that to be able to come in contact, to touch him, is not to be something unique and unknown to us, but it's to be relevant, it's to be part of our lives. I'm gonna read from Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, and I wanna read verses four and five, and I'm gonna read it out of the, the Amplified, and it says, Surely he has bore our griefs and sicknesses, weaknesses and distresses, and carried our sorrows and pain of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God, as is with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we were healed and we were made whole. That's what Jesus did for each and every one of us and he, he accomplished it for us. It's it's done. It's not to be done. It's not about to be done. It's done because of what Jesus has accomplished, what Jesus has done for us. You know, I, I, I mentioned this on Wednesday night. I said, you know, I hear it all the time from people. They, they say, well, you know, I just, I'm not very good with the word. I have a hard time memorizing the word remembering the word. You know, Brother Hagin, at one point in his life, he had two-thirds of the, of the New Testament. Uh, he, had it, he knew it by heart. And somebody asked him one time, how did you memorize it that, that much? And he says, well, I, I never did. I simply read it and never forgot it. You know, it's interesting. When something is relevant, when something has significance in your life, you remember it. Amen? You remember it. I, I found something out about people. People are able to remember and memorize the medication that they take. I mean, I can't even pronounce the stupid words. 
But they, 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 they've got it memorized. They can give you the, the list of these words that are this long. And it, it just flows out of them. Why? Because it's relevant. It's important to them. Every night before I go to bed, I take this little stupid little pill. It's about that big. Can you see that? That's how big the pill is. It's, and uh, every time I go to the doctor, they say, what, what medication are you taking? And I say, well, you have to look on the chart. I don't, know what the, I don't know what it is. All I know is when I show up at the drugstore, they fill this thing up and they give it to me. And once a night, because the doctor says I should do that, I, I pop that pill. But you know what? It's not relevant to me. I went to Honduras. No, no, I took to Honduras, didn't I? I? I guess when I went to Tulsa, I forgot them. And you know what? I didn't panic. I thought, praise the Lord, I don't have to remember to take that stupid pill and I don't have it with me. It's not relevant. Now, I, I know for, for some of you, your medication is more important to you than that. So I'm not making light of that. It's like one preacher said one time, thank God for doctors and medication. It keeps us alive until we can get healed. But the point that I want you to see in this is, what's relevant to you? You know, if it's, if it's sports, you remember all the statistics. You remember, you know, from, from way back whenever, you're, you know, you, you remember all those things. Why? Because it's relevant. You know, some people it's music. And because music is relevant to them, they know all the artists, they know all the songs they sang, you know, just with a drop, they can hit it and, and so on and so forth. It's relevant to them. I like music. I can live without it. I like sports. I can live without it. But I'll tell you what I can't live without. I can't live without the Word of God. Why is that, Pastor Dave? Because it's relevant. Because I realize that without the Word of God, without understanding the Word of God, without it being real to me, I won't walk in the abundance that I walk in. I won't walk in the health that I walk in. I won't walk in the relationships that I walk in. It's all about the Word of God. What's relevant in your life? Hopefully, the Word of God, the name of Jesus, the truths are all part of it because it's through Jesus. Thank God for medicine. Amen, not a trick, amen there. Just thank God for medicine. But thank God we don't have to strictly depend upon that, that we have a healer, and his name is Jesus. In 1 Peter 2.24, it says, who himself, who himself, who himself, the significance of that in the Greek, it means, it means he and no one else. He, Jesus, himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, we, each and every one of us, 
having died to sin, might live to righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Do you, and by the way, this isn't a trick question. Do you believe that Jesus paid the penalty for your sin, therefore you are forgiven and you are free of the bondage of sin? Do you believe that? I believe that. Well then, using the simplest of Bible interpretation, you must therefore believe that Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, through his suffering, took upon himself your pain, your suffering, your sickness, your disease. Because in the context of this, if we believe that he paid for our sins, we must also believe that he paid for our sickness and disease so that we might be whole because of what Jesus has done for us. Hallelujah. I'll tell you something. I'm not mad at you. But I am sick and tired of being sick and tired because of what the devil has pushed off on us. And we've accepted it, we've received it as that's just how it is. I want you to know something. There's more to this Christian life than that you get to go to heaven when you die. There's more to it. There is the victorious life that's been made available to each and every one of us right now because of the completed works of Jesus. Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark, the second chapter. And I'm going to begin reading in the first verse, and it says, And again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in, in the house. And immediately many gathered together, so that there was no room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Jesus preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who, had, who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd. You know what? There's now, nobody does do this just to irritate me, okay? But just think how exciting it would be if on a Sunday morning somebody believed so strongly that they could get into the presence of God, that if they could get into the presence of God, they could receive their healing. And we were so full that people couldn't even get into those doors. And so they crawled up on the roof and they worked their way through so that they could lower a sick person down into the presence of God so that they might receive their healing. Now here it'd be difficult because they've got to go through three layers of roof to get to us. 
And I'm not sure if the insurance company would cover it. But just the same, I'd love to see that. Because you know what that tells me? That tells me that those individuals are determined that nothing is going to hold them back. But you know, we're going to complete the story here, but, but we're in a different time frame. We're in a different dispensation. They had to get to Jesus. We've got Jesus. You don't have to get here to get your healing. Just about ended up there. You don't have to get here to get your healing because you can get it there or there or wherever you are because in the presence of one of us is the presence of Jesus. And they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lie. And Jesus saw their faith. And he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Son, your sins are forgiven. You know what? They were there to get healing. But healing and forgiveness, they go hand in hand with one another. I don't know about you, but I did nothing to get my forgiveness. I remember that morning in the basement of Vernon Lewis's house just south of town, sitting in front of his fireplace with three other guys. And they began to share the gospel with me. And as they shared with me, I realized that after going to church for 24 years of my life, I'd never received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And they asked me if I wanted to. And they led me in a prayer, and in that prayer, I asked Jesus to forgive me of all of my sins, to come into my life. He did, and he did. That's all I did. And I received what Jesus had done for me, paid the penalty for my sin. This guy comes in and they bring him in front of Jesus and Jesus says, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there reasoning in their hearts. Now the scribes, they're the religious folk. They're the ones that know everything. They're the pillars of the church. You know what a pillar is, don't you? Something that's cold and hard. And so here they are, the pillars of the church, and they're, they're, they're reasoning in the heart. Listen to this. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, they didn't know who Jesus was. Because their religion couldn't accept him. 
But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier? Which is easier to say to a paralytic, your sins are forgiven to you, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately he rose, he took up his bed, and he went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified. God said, we never saw anything like this before. Now what's, what's the significance of that? I want you to see that in the mind of Jesus, there was absolutely no difference between forgiving sin and healing. No difference. And he says, so that you can know. You know, everybody, the question that he asked, what's easier, to forgive sin or to say to a paralytic, take up your bed and walk? For Jesus, it was one and the same. He said, your sins are forgiven. And then what did he say? He said, take up your bed and go home. One and the same. Now we look at it. We look at it and we see it completely differently because we look at it through natural eyes. We don't look at it through the spiritual eyes. And because we look at it through natural eyes, you know, it's easy to say your sins are forgiven. But to rise up to a paralytic and take your bed and go home, that, that, now that's, that's a big deal. Let me tell you something. The big deal is your sins are forgiven. That's the big deal. That's the big deal that cost Jesus to hang on the cross, to shed his blood, to, to be buried in a tomb, to go to hell for you and I. And to trust God completely. You know, sometimes we think, you know what? It's difficult to trust God. Well, Jesus trusts, well, that was easy. He was God. No, 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 wait a minute here. Jesus set aside his deity. Jesus walked on the earth as a man. Jesus died on that cross as a man. Jesus went to hell as a man. And he had to trust his father completely. That his father would say, that's enough. And the Holy Spirit would resurrect his life to newness of life. That's a big deal. That's what your sin and my sin cost him. But he is raised from the dead for our justification. And along with that, he took those stripes for our sickness, for our diseases, so that we might be completely whole. So we look at it and we think, well, what's really easier? 
Well, for us, it may seem to be easier to say your sins are forgiven. But for Jesus, that was a big deal. What we begin to, what we're able to avoid as a result of the forgiveness of sin, it's a big deal. But let me tell you something in the same way. Take up your bed and walk. Take up your bed and go home. In John, the fifth chapter, the 36th verse, it says, But I have a greater witness than John's. For the work, the works which the Father has given me to finish, Jesus is speaking. The works the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. The Father sent Jesus. Jesus did the works. But then you know what's interesting is Jesus spoke to you and me. In Mark, the 16th chapter, the 17th verse. Well, let's start in the 15th verse. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized will be saved, but he that does not believe will be condemned. It's talking about salvation there. That he is entrusted, you and me, with the words of grace to speak to individuals. That when they hear, they might believe, and in believing, they might be saved. Those that reject, it says they're condemned. But those that we share with and hear and receive, their lives are going to be turned around because of the grace of God that's imparted into their lives. But he doesn't stop there. Then he goes on and he says to us, and these signs will follow those who believe. These signs will follow those who believe. Those who are preaching the gospel, those who are sharing the good news of salvation, these signs will follow them. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will, not, uh, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will recover. Now, isn't it interesting? <laughs> I can stand up here this morning and I can say to you that if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your sins are forgiven. And the church world will say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. That's so wonderful. 
But if I stand here before you this morning and say in the same way that Jesus forgave your sin, in the same way Jesus paid for sickness and disease, and so by the stripes of Jesus, you have been healed. And on Facebook, all over the country right now, because we're streaming live, people are clicking responses. How dare you say that, you hypocrite. What's interesting is it's, it's like it's completely reversed. What Jesus was accused of. Now, why was everybody there to hear Jesus? Because they heard about the miracles. They heard about the healings. And so the place was so packed with people, even, even the religious folk. It was so packed that a sick person couldn't even get in. And they were happy. As long as he laid hands on the sick and healed them and talked about that kind of thing. But the moment he began to say, their sins are forgiven, they took issue with him. Who do you think you are? I stand before you this morning as a preacher. I believe that through Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. But I also believe that by the stripes of Jesus, it's already been paid for. Healing belongs to you. And our minds go, Tilt, who, who does he think he is? I'll tell you what I think I am. I think I'm a child of God. I think I'm one of these believing ones that's gonna lay hands on the sick and they recover. Amen! That's what Jesus did. And that's what Jesus said that we were supposed to do. 20th verse. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them confirming the word through accompanying signs. What word did he confirm? The word they preached. The gospel of grace. The gospel of the goodness of God. The gospel of how Jesus has done it all so that you and I can be free and walk in victory in every single area of our lives. In Hebrews, the second chapter, the third verse. Oh, let's go back up to the first verse. Therefore, we must give the, the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Wow. Could have preached on that today. Therefore, we must give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. It's talking about the gospel. To the things which we have heard, lest we drift away. You know, in the day that we live in, 
There is, there is so much deception that's out there. And the nature of deception is, this, this is a real revelation to me. Deception deceives you. To be, to be deceived means you think you're on track and you're not. And that's why it's so important for us to stay true to the word that we have this more earnest heed to the things we've heard. Why? So we don't drift away, so we don't be drawn away, so that we don't get deceived. You know, in the scripture it says in the last days, Good is going to be called evil, and evil is going to be called good. And all we have to do is look around us, and we see it continuously all around us, where if you take a stand for righteousness, if you take a stand for the goodness of God, if you take a stand for the principles that we are aware of in God's Word, we're attacked and called evil. But if you align yourself with the world, the deceptions of the world, what happens? You're called good. It's deception, it's a lie. And it's of the evil one. And we have to stay, take heed to the word of God, otherwise we get sucked into it. Therefore, we must be more earnest, take more earnest heed to the things we've heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels uh, proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience uh, received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bears witness, both with signs and wonders, with various miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his will. You know, we're told these things have passed away. We, we no longer need tongues, we can learn a language. We no longer need healing, we've got doctors. We no longer need uh, uh, prophecy, uh, we've got our intellect. <laughs> That's why we need prophecy. Got all kinds of excuses why we don't need what God has provided for us. Except there's ultimately one reason why we need what God has provided for us. Because the world can't give it to us. But Jesus can. Jesus gave us salvation. We have eternal life. We get to spend eternity in heaven. But he gives so much more to us. And we have to stop settling. We have to be determined that we're going to press through. You know, on Wednesday evening, one of the scriptures that we used, we've been talking about prayer. It was when, when Jesus 
was asked to pray for a blind man. And rather than in the environment of doubt and unbelief, Jesus took this blind man and took him outside the city and after he got him outside the city, he spit in his eyes. Boy, you want to talk about a preacher getting in trouble. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> but he spit in the guy's eyes and then he laid his hands on him and he spoke over him. And then he took his hands off and says, what do you see? And he says, oh, I see men, there's trees. Let me tell you something. The guy saw nothing prior to that. And so the fact that he could see men as trees, it's a miracle. He saw something. But Jesus wasn't satisfied. Jesus wasn't content with that. Jesus laid his hands on him again and he spoke to him again and his eyes were open and he saw perfectly. I don't want to settle anymore. You see, I didn't know Ron's whole story. You know, I thought they cut him open, took everything out and I found out, you know, the, the, there, there's still the tumor there and still taking medication and, and to keep it from growing and to uh, shrink it. But I'm not content with you having that in your body. Remember Graham, Becky's grandma, um, what was she, 94 or something like that? And they, they found a growth in her. And, you know, they didn't want to do surgery. And she says, well, I don't want that in me. And so they took it out. Well, you don't want that in you. I don't want that in you. We don't want that in you. And so we don't. Settle. Praise God for the good report. Right. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not going to settle for a halfway good report. I want the MRA to say, it's gone. And didn't we take out the majority of your colon? Well, why do you have a whole colon? Oh, pastor, you're getting radical. Yeah. Why don't we? What do we have to lose? Dignity? <laughs> People saw you come in here. You don't have any left. It's too late. Your reputation? Pfft. Most of us took care of that a long time ago. We don't have to worry about that. So, Ryan, I want you to come up here. Hallelujah. 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 
Father, I just share this for the benefit of those that hear. We thank you that by the stripes of Jesus we've been healed. We thank you, Lord, that you've already done it all and that you've imparted it through your grace into each of our lives. It's ours. It belongs to us. We receive it in Jesus' name. And Father, by the authority invested in me through Christ Jesus, I speak to that tumor right now in the name of Jesus. I curse it in Jesus' name. I command it to wither, die, and to leave this body. Leave this body. We thank you for the progress, but Father, we want wholeness in Jesus' name. And so we release that anointing power to flow from the very top of his head to the soles of his feet. And as that tumor is gone, Father, we release that miracle right now in Jesus' name, that creative miracle in Jesus' name. This man is whole. This man is complete. This man will serve you with all his strength and his might all the days of his life. He'll live and not die. The enemy's a liar and receive the fullness of it right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for making him whole in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You're whole in Jesus' name. Come here, Miranda. How dare any devil attack my worship leader? That's right. And so she's got a ear thing. I don't know what it is, but it's an ear thing. So ear things have to go in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we release your healing power to flow. Father, her hearing is clear in Jesus' name. And I speak to the eardrum. I think to speak to anything that may have been damaged. I speak to infection. And I command it to be gone. Yes. In Jesus' name. Be healed. Receive it. In the precious name of Jesus. You hear good. Yes. Amen. Well, you know what? I really feel kind of fired up right now. <laughs> so if anybody needs healing in your body, come up here right now. Anybody at all? Don't fool around. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we release your healing power to flow from the very top of her head to the very soles of her feet in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your healing power. We release it right now in Jesus' name. Father God, we thank you for your healing power. We release it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Father, we thank you for your healing power. We release it right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your healing power. We release it. Top of the head, soles of our feet in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Everybody lift your hands up. Let's worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your healing power. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Healer, 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 deliverer, deliverer, deliverer. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, I take authority over every demonic, binding spirit that has held individuals in check that have kept them from fulfilling their dreams and purposes that has bound them with addictions and habits that hinder them. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I bind it. I bind that spirit right now in Jesus' name. And I release that individual and those individuals. I release them to walk in the fullness of God's call in their life, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. I don't know, I, I've got I got something, but I don't know what it is. But I believe there's somebody you've, there's something, I don't know what it is. I guess I'm not supposed to know what it is. But you just know right now that I'm supposed to lay hands on you. I don't know what it's for. So if that's you, just come on up here. Like I said, I don't know what it is, so. If there's just a tugging in your heart that I should just pray for you. Hallelujah. Anybody at all? If not, we'll just simply move on. But uh, I don't want to do that if he's got something for somebody. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I know what it is. Hallelujah. I want all the the nurses and medical folk to come up here. 
this wonderful? But just hold your hands out here. Anointed hands. Anointed hands. You think you're just going through your duties. But you're anointed. When you lay your hands upon individuals, just in your task, the anointing of God is flowing through you. Anointed, 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 anointed. Hallelujah. Anointed hands, hands full of healing. Anointed hands. Anointed hands. Hallelujah. Anointed hands. Releasing the power of God. Releasing healing and wholeness. Anointed. 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 Anointed hands. Anointed hands. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. Anointed hands. Anointed to bring healing and restoration. Anointed. Anointed hands to bring wholeness. Anointed hands to bring healing, to break the yoke. Anointed hands. Anointed. Anointed hands, anointed to bring wholeness and healing and completeness into the lives of people. Anointed, anointed, anointed hands to bring peace and health and wholeness and assurance. Healing hands. Father, we thank you for these women. We thank you for the anointing that's upon them. We thank you, Father, that as they do their duties, as they touch individuals, captives are set free. Bodies are healed. We thank you, Father, that your anointing flows through them to others. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. All right. I think that did it. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, this is a perfect time to have communion. To see all the promises and truths that God wants to impart into each of our lives. And so if uh, I can have the Ushers and elders come forward and begin to pass out the elements. Praise the Lord. You know, it is, it is significant that we, we do this. Jesus said, we're to do it in remembrance of him.
And the remembrance is remembering what Jesus accomplished for us. And so this bread that you're receiving right now, and the way we receive communion here, the ushers and elders pass around the elements and when you get them, you can either hold on, you can receive it right then or hold on to it until the end and we'll receive it all together. If you're visiting with us this morning, I just want to extend an invitation to you uh, to receive Holy Communion with us. If you've received Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're part of the family of God and you're part of our extended family. And so we love to have this blessed and sacred meal with you. But Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, when he, when he took the bread, he, the Bible says he, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. And he, he said to them, do this in remembrance of me. And so I believe what he was talking about was being reminded of how his body was broken so that your body and my body might be whole. Jesus took stripes upon his body. And through receiving those stripes, we received healing in our life. Jesus had no substitute to replace him. Jesus actually took the beating, the stripes, he was hung on the cross. Jesus did that. And he did it for you and I. And the Bible says we're to do it, we're to receive it in remembrance of him. And so this bread represents the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus. As you receive it, receive it in remembrance of him that it was his body that was broken so that your body and my body might be whole. The body of Christ broken for you, receive it in remembrance of him. Bible says that in the same manner or in the same way he also took the cup after supper and after he had given thanks he took it and he drank from it and he gave it to his disciples and he said now you do this in remembrance of me Bible we all know says without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins and so we know that Jesus shed his blood so that our sins could be forgiven Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice for your sins and my sins and because of that forgiveness not only do we go to heaven? But we're now in a place, in a position where we can now have intimate fellowship, intimate, an intimate relationship with Jesus. And so we are the church. We are the body of Christ. And so his blood was shed so that we might be part of that. And so this juice it represents the blood, the blood of Jesus. 
represents the blood that was shed as a substitute for your blood and my blood so that we might be forgiven, so that we might live the victorious life and that we might spend eternity with Him. The blood of Christ, which has been shed for you, receive it in remembrance of Him. Now, Father, we thank you for Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith. We thank you, Father, that in all things we can put our trust and our confidence in Him and that He's promised that He'll never leave us or forsake us. We thank you, Father, that through Jesus, not only are our sins are forgiven, but we're healed, we're delivered. We're blessed so abundantly so that we can be a blessing to others. So, Father, that's what I pray. I pray that we, Abundant Life Ministries, that we might be a blessing to others, that to a lost and dying and a hopeless world, we can bring in a little bit of hope. And we can show them that there is a way, there is a truth, there is a life that's available to every man, woman, and child that would choose Jesus. Father, use us. Use us to further your kingdom. Use us to be a positive influence in our community. Use us as a vessel to touch the lives of others in a positive way. So we thank you. We thank you that we could gather here today. We thank you for the victory that's ours. And as we leave from this place, Father, we pray that you will lead and direct us every step. And so these things we ask in the precious name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. May we serve you, Father, all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. Have a wonderful afternoon. Give somebody a hug, let them know you love them.